This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Earlier tonight, we were talking about this debate that I went into that I knocked out of the park. Shag, you remember that? In this current timeline, which is the correct timeline. Yes. Did the debate also happen tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And subsequent to that debate, you'll recall um, that I was nominated for an award. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's been an action-packed night with stacks going on, both professionally and... And in this studio. Yeah, and right here in the studio, which we haven't left. And one of the really exciting things about the award, which uh, I'll hit you with a spoiler for in just a little while, but one of the really exciting things is that you got to choose or you were invited to set out your walk-on songs. Mm. Am I using the expression correctly here, Shag? It's, yeah, I think it's, that's your walk-on So What else would you call it? Yeah, like if you're a boxer or if you're a wrestler or something. Yeah, yeah I know I know, I know the, th- yeah. the thing you're talking about, the concept you're, you speak of. And so, look, it's been such an action-packed night um, that you and I discussed, you were kind enough to consult on the walk-on songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I can just refresh your and my memory on what we selected, I think we went with... Aesop Rock. Oh, yeah, the pre- preservation. Aesop Rock? Aesop Rock. It's Aesop Rock. Aesop. Like Aesop's fables. But don't you pronounce it Aesop's fables? No, he calls himself Ace. Ace yeah, Rock. I don't know. Knock him out of the park, Ace. So we had that. We had that Groove Armada one, the Gomonio Manote. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Gomonio Manote. And I always forget what it is. Oh, an anti up. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. And so in this night full of spoilers where stacks has happened, um, <laughs> I didn't get shortlisted for that award. So oh, no. All these awesome songs we had <laughs> lined up, ready to go, um, all for naught. Oh. But, Jack, it's just made me all the more bullish about this podcast's prospects of winning stacks of awards, aside from Resh's Best and Fairest, which I presume is, is an award Resh's will give us. I was just wondering what songs you think we should walk on to. Okay, so that's a really interesting question. And it's something I've thought about before because I think there's a few rules about yeah. how, you know, you choose something to walk on to, right? Yeah. So first and foremost, it just has to be a total jam, right? <laughs> first and foremost, it has to be something that intrinsically gets people dancing because they won't necessarily be able to hear the lyrics. You have no choice over what part people play. You know what I mean? They might just play it from the beginning. And remember, like, just because a song connects for you because it connected to you on the 10th listen, it's going to be the first listen potentially for people unless it's a really obvious song. And then that's its own thing on top of it, right? So that's rule number one. It kind of has to be a jam. Rule number two, depending on where you are, you've got to avoid anything that could be taken the wrong way. Like, And that's, (laughs) that's like, obvious swearing. That's, like, you know... That and I've just realised Aesop Rock and Aesop Rocky have 
basically the same name. That blows oh, my that blows me away. Yeah, have, have you seen the photo? Have I have I not shown you the photo of the first time they met? No, what happened? Oh, oh, it's this lovely photo. Hang on, sorry to sidetrack. Here you go. He really is a pretty normal looking guy. Oh, he is not a he is not a he's not, he's a, not, a, he's cool not a star. He's not. He is he works in the IT department. So <laughs> and not I don't mean that in the bad way. Just you know how He loves hoodies. You know how everybody dresses like especially at my work, everybody dresses down, right? It's a creative industry. Mm. Not too many people wear suits. And depending on like so if you but if you are in, you know, the department which is called suits, so if you work for accounts and stuff, you're gonna wear a shirt and you might have to wear a suit depending on the day. The department called suits? Well, no, it's not called suits, but that's the colloquial name for it. They're really? the suits, right? Yeah. Okay. So then you take a step down to the sort of I guess the inter like, you know, the there's grunts? Well, not the grunts, but the the teams that aren't directly creative teams that sort of go around those Fuck, teams. Like I thought you were in charge of keeping me on the leash on this podcast. Like where, <laughs> like, like where are we going here? This is exciting. Yeah. So, so sorry, anyway. no, but I'm there. Okay, there we are. We're in the mid level teams. In, we're wearing t shirts. But what I'm trying to say is, it's like <laughs> you get to the creative teams who are already dressing down, and then take a couple <laughs> of steps down again, and that's the IT department. Like that's what I mean. It's like. <laughs> And what I'm saying is, with my celebrities and my stars, yeah. I expect them to put a bit of effort into how they dress. And a lot of stars do. Aesop Rocky always looks great, always looks like he's either been styled or put a lot of thought into how he looks that day. And that's kind of what I expect. And then you see Aesop Brock, and he's literally wearing what he wore for the last couple of days while he was hanging around at home. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's it's not impressive. He's just not your sort of star. He's just not your sort of star and perhaps he's not the sort of artist we'll use for our walk on music <laughs> alright totally sorry a horror movie podcast sorry. So we are, let's, is, <laughs> let's go back to being a horror movie podcast we are doing a horror movie mm-hmm. podcast and Peach something I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. speaking Purple of, Haze or <laughs> Antia <laughs> well no I, I do want to I, <laughs> yeah. I specifically want to talk about music Okay, Peach in your past mm. let's go back quite a few years yep. you dabbled in battle rap Yes. You yes, were a battle rapper. I was a mediumly successful five and a half to six out of ten battle rapper. And you won you won some rap, battle yeah. raps, right? Yes, I did. You got up there. So I want to ask you, because I want to get into your headspace mm. as a battle rapper. Yep. Number one, what's best, to go first or to go second? Second. That's interesting. Why go second? Because... Not only do I come in with "You're dressed like a silly sausage" <laughs> um, lines off the top of my head, um, but I can then respond to things you say. So if you come out and go first, all you've got is "Yeah, you're dressed like a silly sausage," and I'm like, "Well, your mum's a silly sausage," is what you can say in response. <laughs> well, that's the that's the one thing I wanted to ask you mm. because obviously a big part of being a battle rapper is coming off the dome. Yeah. Right. But. A lot of that is a bit of like... 15 years ago, yeah, I should say. But sorry, continue, yes. yes. Yeah, because you're not that anymore. But it's a bit of smoke and mirrors, right? Because there are are weapons that you rely on. Yes. There are are things you draw on. Can I ask, what were some of the things, your go-tos, if you were like, okay, what am I going to say about this person? Uh, It was more brags. So the reason (laughs) I was a reasonably weak... Like, the reason I was better than garbage was because I was a pretty good freestyler. But the reason I never reached the top echelon was that I actually didn't have a lot of lines. Like, even my personality 
and I seem like a reasonably witty, reasonably smart sort of guy, but I didn't really say like incisive things. Like, Shaq, you and I, we went in a battle in the World Rap Championships in 2007. This is the greatest regret of my life, <laughs> right? We went down there. We battled um, two we pairs. We did this. We did this. It yeah. Was, it was in Melbourne. It was the World Rap Championship two-on-two battles, 2007. Yeah. You can probably find the footage somewhere. Yeah, we were battling two rappers called Dragonfly and Nicotine, Yeah. right? So... Dragonfly is a tall, slim dude. Yep. Nicotine is a small guy with a squeaky voice who's a very good rapper and I think is practicing as a solicitor in Melbourne at the moment. Nicotine, what's up? Um, refer me some work in New South Wales. <laughs> That's fine. Get at me on LinkedIn. Um, now, um, Dragonfly interrupted me, right? As I was saying something, I go, yeah, interrupt me. I spit it ugly, come back and spit it lovely. And then that was sort of freestyle off the top of the head. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Then I went off on some other tangent. And what I should have said is I should have pointed at Nicotine and said, this kid is ugly. And then turned back to Dragonfly and said, yeah, you might be tall, but there's not a motherfucker in this country that rate this above me. And that came to me like three or four seconds later and it was the three or four longest seconds of my life and the greatest regret of my life is that I never said it at the time. Free smoke for everyone ever since. So the reason why I went on that very long tangent mm-hmm. is because similarly... How long are we spending on this intro oh Tuscan leather style? Oh my gosh, this is, a tu- this is, this is Tuscan real Tuscan leather. leather. Similar to that yeah. is in horror films... They often rely on a repertoire of go-to weapons to be like, these are the scary weapons. Generally, the killer in a horror movie doesn't use a gun, even though it would be the most effective weapon by far. Yeah. Because if it just goes, then I'm like, oh, well. If you're chasing someone through a house, if you've got a gun, it's like, oh, well, you shoot them, they're dead. (laughs) But if you're chasing them with an axe, it's going to take a little while, right? So there there are these main ones. There's, There's an axe, obviously. There's a big kitchen knife, like the sort of knife... This is the iconic, uh, sort of iconic knife, yep. Your main kitchen, the one you use to chop everything in the kitchen. Yep, yep, that one. Yeah, turn that. And then there's the chainsaw. And when you actually think about a chainsaw, right, it's a pretty impractical weapon. When you actually think about it, it's like the way you have to hold it. Super slow, yeah. Very slow, very heavy, very Mm. cumbersome. The way you have to hold it's weird. You have to use two hands and you have to almost use it two hands hunched over to the side of you. Mm. You don't really use it in front of you. Feels like a recipe for a back spasm. Like looking at it, I'm like, oof, your back. You need to sort of foam roller before and afterwards. But that's the thing, right? And there's there's a huge chance of you are hurting yourself with it, right? Something goes wrong, you're going to hurt yourself. It's very loud. It's a a high risk, high reward. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yes, obviously it's going to do some damage when it gets near you, but I feel like, you know, it's such an impractical weapon Mm. that it feels weird that it's such a go-to in, you know, horror films or like horror games or whatever, but because of today's movie, it is an iconic horror weapon. I'm pretty amped for this one. tonight you made the point about like low budgets feeling realer and I was like mm, no that had never happened oh like even just watching the preview Shag, that felt very raw and mucky and 
dangerous. Well, I think this is an interesting point oh. to make. So I just showed Peach the trailer to the original Texas Chainsaw That's Massacre. That's right, it was a remake, wasn't it? It's one of the, it's one of the most famous horror films of all time, yeah. and there's quite a few reasons. Now, Peach, I want to get in very quickly with a fact before we go on, because I know you like picking beef with directors. Like, I know that is one <laughs> of your things. So this was directed by a guy called Toby Hooper, who's only recently died. So, <laughs> so, 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 just, 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 just so you know, just so you know, yeah. that's a fact. That's a thing. Yeah. How many people came to his funeral? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all, Hooper. <laughs> so, I think what's uh, what's interesting about that point you just made, which is that you know, small budgets make things even scarier. This isn't necessarily a small budget it's from 1974 and it has the you know you've heard have you you've heard the term the grindhouse right this uh, is, yeah but i i feel like i've only heard it used in like quentin tarantino watches it kind of thing it's this sort of era of like slasher exploitative horror movie sort of vibe like lots of lots of violence lots of sex that sort of vibe um, and this is this is very much typical of that sort of grindhouse vibe. It's maybe like a bit more artful, but okay. What's really interesting about this film, and why I think this is a good one to share with you, but would be a really tough one for you to watch, is that I remember reading about this film and how the feeling they wanted to create with this film was that feeling of a nightmare. So. Not your typical scary movie where, you know, like your typical sort of narrative that we've talked about where it's like hero, something bad happens, villain, they overcome them, whatever. He wanted it to feel like a nightmare in which you can't escape and ev- bad things just keep happening. And even when you run away, bad things keep happening. And there's, it's just, Ugh. it's just utter, it's utter surreal hopelessness. So Ugh. that. So Thanks, Hooper, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so, so that's one thing about yeah. it. But the other thing is, I think it's really interesting that a lot of these films were based on actual serial killers. You heard yeah. in the trailer, they kept being like, "This is a tr- it's not a true story. It's nowhere near a true oh, story. Oh, really? That's just nonsense. That's It's just marketing from this. In the 70s, you could. it seems like you could just lie. <laughs> you could just be like, this is based on a true story. And it's not. It's like, oh, shit, okay, it's <laughs> a documentary. It was almost like there were no rules. It's like, well, okay, well, you lied, but, you know. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. You got me. <laughs> so anyway, this was based on a guy called Ed Gain, who you might have heard, but I wonder if you have, because... I definitely went through a phase, you know, as a horror movie fan, also, like, just looking up serial killers and just being like, what did they do? What What was their deal? No, I didn't go through a phase of that. (laughs) Well, I did. And one of them... What did you learn from that? Well, you just learn, like, how crazy people can be. Sounds Um, awesome. (laughs) Yeah, look, again, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I did. And this one's based on a dude called Ed Gain, who wasn't necessarily, like, a massive serial killer. He didn't kill that many people. What he did is he dug up dead bodies uh, from the local cemetery and then used their bodies and skin to make stuff to furnish his home. When they actually (laughs) discovered his... When the police uh, searched his house... They found a bin made of skin, uh, seats covered in skin, skulls on his bedposts, <laughs> bowls made from skulls, uh, leggings made from human leg skin. Like a few, like. Uh, this, I don't quite know what to do or yeah, say about this. Uh, yeah, I'm really sorry. I probably should have. <laughs> I probably should have led you into this. Anyway, okay. so, so those two things creating like a waking nightmare. And basically, on the serial killer. Oh yeah, this is um, is what te- is where Texas Chainsaw Massacre came from. Okay. Are you ready to begin? 
Yeah, I feel like we're sort of deep in it already. Okay, so uh, this is from 1974. Okay. Directed by Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm, R.I.P. We've discussed. Yep. Uh, let's start. So it begins with Sally Hardesty and her paraplegic brother, Franklin. They're traveling with three friends, Jerry, Kirk, and Pam, to visit the grave of Hardesty's grandfather to investigate reports of suspected vandalism and grave robbing. Okay. So you kind of... Yeah, off we go. Yeah, yeah. You can see the... Get the gang together. Let's see see if there's any grave robbing going on. (laughs) But you can also see how the cogs, this story came about. You can already see, like, Toby Hooper's reading about this serial killer. He's like, hang on. I've already got the start of my next movie. Okay. Stop the press. Did Toby Hooper write it as well? He did write it with somebody else. Okay. But this is kind of, this is all him. This is, okay. this is generally this whole movie is He's an auteur? Yes. Sick. Yes. And in fact, a lot of people do consider this sort of high art. Okay. A lot of other people think it's just pulpy garbage. <laughs> I but, think it sucks. But, it, but, but like a lot of people do, you know, and it, it, there's a reason why it's so famous. Sick. Anyway, so this grave robbing gang uh, are going on a road trip. Afterwards, they decide to visit the old Hardesty family homestead. Along the way, they pick up a hitchhiker who talks about his family who worked at the old slaughterhouse. He borrows Franklin's, now Franklin's the paraplegic brother, Mm. Franklin's pocket knife and cuts himself, then takes a single Polaroid picture of Franklin for which he demands money. When they refuse to pay, he burns the photo and slashes Franklin's left arm with a straight razor. The group forces him out of the van and drive on. They stop at a gas station to refill their vehicle, but the proprietor tells them that the pumps are empty. Oh, this is the... Oh, Shag, I don't like this, buddy. No, no. So they continue towards the homestead, intending to return to the gas station once it has received a fuel delivery. When they arrive, Franklin tells Kirk and Pam about a local swimming hole, and the couple go to find it. They stumble upon a nearby house, and Kirk calls out for gas, entering through the unlocked door while Pam waits outside. Uh, so at this point... I'm just starting to get a bit freaked. Have you heard of the, Have you heard of a bad guy called Leatherface? I was going to ask if this is Leatherface. So this is Leatherface. Now, can you, can you take a guess about why he's called Leatherface? Uh, I'm going to go with he wears leather on his face. Well, remember when we talked about what we would call like human skin if you wore it? No, did we call it that? Did we have that chat? Oh, maybe we had that chat with somebody else. <laughs> well, we're having this chat where it's like, if you're going to wear like human skin, like, do you just call it leather? Because it kind of well, is it's human leather. Yeah. So you just call it human leather. I think so. Yeah, but okay. would you give it like a snappier name? How do you turn? How do you market that into something cool? If this was like one of those like Gruen project things where it's like, okay, <laughs> here's the brief, guys. Anyway, so anyway, we will. We will uh, I'm there. I'm there. So anyway, he's called he's called Leatherface, but he's wearing a face of someone else's skin. Sick. Does um, he look like them? No, probably not. Actually, stupid question. Well, it it's not a perfect fit. <laughs> it's not. That's the other it's thing. It's like when you wear someone else's skin on your face, it just it doesn't look that good. 100. percent I'm with you. Not, <laughs> I feel you. It's just not a perfect fit. You, I'm sure in your mind you're like, I'm gonna look exactly <laughs> like that person. Everyone's gonna be like, I thought you were dead. It's like, just kidding. <laughs> Just wearing their skin. Shag, Toby Hooper's coming in to have a chat. Have a chat with us. Toby, what's going on? Surprise! (laughs) Anyway, so... It was me all along. So basically, Leatherface is this big, tall, quite muscular dude, sort of like... 
You know, you know those, you know, strong men. How? Yep. Yeah. They're, yep, yep. they're muscular, you. but they're also a bit tubby yep, as well. Yep, I'm with you. He's got that sort of body. He's quite yep. tall, and he wears like a human face, and he wears a big apron. He wears, he's, he's in basically a butcher's outfit. Slaughterhouse vibe. Yep, yep. I'm with you. So anyway, uh, Leatherface suddenly appears behind this door that seemed like it wasn't a door, and kills Kirk with a hammer. He just takes a hammer, like a giant hammer. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that, didn't I? Yeah, and it's like a, it's a horrific sound effect. It's. One of those things that would stay with you forever. Ugh. Pam enters soon after and trips into a room filled with furniture made from human bones. She attempts to flee, but Leatherface catches her and this is super gross, but basically Ugh. just picks her up. And in in like 70s horror movies, like the thing that I can't deal with the most is that everyone's like always screaming in the worst possible way. And you're always watching it at home and you're thinking, what are my neighbours thinking about me watching this? Oh, thing? so it's that high-pitched, like, complete just terror that, scream. like, and just, like, they genuinely sound distressed and it's pretty tough. So anyway, this, this girl is just screaming and Leatherface just, like, pl- picks her up, plop, and then just puts her onto, like, a butcher's hook that just goes through her back and, like, hangs uh. her there on a butcher's hook and she's just hanging there to die, basically. And it's awful. Yeah. Uh. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at your face now and it's, like... You were all like fun and games before. Yeah, no, now interesting. Like now, now I want to like get it. Like this is the nightmare. I'm like, I want to get out of here. All right, okay. Fuck. Uh, so while she's impaled on a meat hook, he makes her watch as he butchers Kirk with a chainsaw. Jerry heads out to look for Pam and Kirk at sunset. He sees the house and finds Pam still alive inside a freezer. Before he can react, Leatherface kills him. Ah, uh, Pam's still alive in the freezer as well. Yeah, she's she's got horrific injuries. She's she's been put in a freezer. Two of them are de- dead already. There's two left. One of the dudes in a wheelchair. Anyway, uh. with darkness falling, Sally and Franklin set out to find their friends. I'm not quite. Sure. I'm sure at some point Sally must have got free and found Franklin, and now and been like, hey, we got to sort this yeah. out. <laughs> hey, we've got an unstoppable killer. Just come and check it out. Hey guys, let's just let's let's sort this out. Yeah. Please, I know. We've sorted out the puzzle box. We've sorted out the <laughs> ring videotape. Now let's sort out the killer. As they near the neighboring house and mm. call out, Leatherface lunges from the darkness and kills Franklin with a chainsaw. <sighs> Sally runs towards the house and finds the desiccated remains of an elderly couple upstairs. She escapes from Leatherface by jumping through a second floor window and flees to the gas station. The proprietor called... I can never pronounce that word. Shag, just believe in your dreams a bit more. Proprietor. How are we going to win the podcast awards? <laughs> the, pro- the, propri- the, propri- the proprietor... I think it's because it's too pres. That's tough. I think you're just a bit inexperienced. It's all right. It's endearing. The it's propri- endearing for the podcast awards. Best newcomer. <laughs> the proprietor... <laughs> it's not best newcomer to speaking. <laughs> <laughs> the proprietor call, uh, calms her with offers of help, but then ties her up, gags her, and forces her into this truck. See? Nightmare, uh, right? Yeah, just You're about like, to escape. Uh. He drives to the house, arriving at the same time as the hitchhiker, now revealed as Leatherface's brother. The hitchhiker recognizes Sally and taunts her. And in like a gross, like, here we caught you. Like in a almost like a childlike way oh, that just makes it. Man, creepy. I'm upset. Anyway, anyway. So the men torment the bound and gag Sally while Leatherface, now dressed as a woman, serves dinner. <laughs> what? Yeah, so it's like Ed Game was also the one they based uh, Psycho on. Had some potential like mother issues or like yeah. some sort of uh, issues with women as a, uh, in general or, mm. you know, whatever. Anyway, so that was, and that's what they tried to explore in Psycho, etc. Sick. 
and and what it doesn't say here it's like they're, they're sitting in this horrific house made of human bones and stuff but they're sitting at dinner and she's tied up and bound but they're just sitting there like it's a meal and Leatherface is you know still wearing the Leatherface is like serving dinner to everybody uh, is it cannibal dinner? like are we eating? well well uh. so Leatherface and the hitchhiker bring down one of the desiccated bodies from upstairs that of their grandpa he is revealed to be alive when he sucks blood from a cut on Sally's finger. They decide that Grandpa, the best killer in the old slaughterhouse, should kill Sally. He tries to hit her with a hammer, but he is too weak. In the ensuing struggle, she breaks free, leaps through a window, and flees to the road. Leatherface and the hitchhiker give chase, but the latter is run over and killed by a passing truck. Eat uh, shit. <laughs> Leatherface attacks the truck. Off with- to meet your maker. Hooper in the afterlife, your literal maker. Leatherface attacks the truck with his chainsaw, and when the driver stops, attacks the truck with his chainsaw. And it's like, yeah, because it's stopped, right? So he's like, Leatherface. Yeah, because Leather, like the character of Leatherface is like Leatherface, hungry. Like I don't think he says that. So he's like Pikachu. Yeah, he's (laughs) Leatherface. Leatherface. Um, Leatherface attacks the truck with his chainsaw. And when the driver stops to help, he knocks Leatherface down with a pipe wrench, causing the chainsaw to cut his leg. See what I say? It's a dangerous weapon. Yes. Look, I must say, if Leatherface had his time again, I suspect he'd choose a gun. I feel like he probably chose it hastily. He was probably, <laughs> Is it a rush? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like he's busy cutting, butchering a body. He thinks Sally's there hanging on a meat hook in the freezer. She's escaped. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, you got to grab a weapon quick. Yeah. What are you going to grab? Like, uh, knives. Uh, chainsaw. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because right, yeah. it's like, you know how like there's that classic cliche of that you think someone's in the house, so you pick up a, like a frying pan. You're walking around yeah, the, the house with a frying yep, pan. Yep, yep, Same I'm deal, there. but if you butcher human bodies in your house. I've never seen... Sorry, I haven't been to many abattoirs, right? Animal killing zones. Mm -hmm. I don't think hitting stuff on the head with hammers is the great way to go about it. Um, uh, My understanding is that you want to bolt through the brain. It sort of goes kachok, kachok. Um, And it strikes me that all of these people would be the worst slaughterhouse employees (laughs) in the world. And the idea that Grandad was a good slaughterhouse employee by hitting stuff on the head, I find bizarre (laughs) and inaccurate. So anyway, so the driver flees. Sally escapes in the back of a passing pickup truck. Uh, oh, no. I wanted to escape, Shag. No, no, no. There is kind of. It ends on a vaguely hopeful note where the camera then goes to Leatherface who, like, gives chase but obviously can't outrun a truck and just starts angrily, like, waving the chainsaw around in the air and holding up and being like, Arr! this goes for longer than you would expect it to because it's the 70s and it's like... You know, no, but, like, in the 70s, it's yeah. like... People were allowed to just do really long sh- long takes and long shots and everyone's like, I don't know what to do. Let's, <laughs> I guess we'll just do this. Yeah. Let's do this. And, like, and also, because you're editing with real film, so you're like, okay, well, I guess... <laughs> I guess we'll I leave guess it we'll all in. here. Let's just... Yeah. Well, you know, the sunk cost fallacy, economists yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah, you couldn't keep trying things. <laughs> We've spent it now. <laughs> we bought the film now. Anyway, so that's how it ends. That's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I imagine a film you've heard about many times mm. before. What did you think? I hated it. What did you hate about it? I found it deeply upsetting. So my favourite genre of horror movie, none of which, none of these I've seen, <laughs> I think is um, the the one I keep going back to is Hellraiser. Yeah. With a sort of spooky element, a sort of a whisper of sort of a goof where I can imagine sitting next to someone and being like, no, oh, isn't this a bit silly? 
Um, that and your Freddy with sort of a, a bit of a balance. I think they're the sort of Sriracha flavoured ones. This to me strikes me as eating a uh, sort of rotten old pepper. Like it might not have the brutality of Hostel, but I think it has enough spice to be irritating, but also just a sort of gross, profoundly upsetting, um, you know, aura about it that just makes me want to stay away. I reckon at the moment, you know, from what you've said, you like it when you get some sort of an explanation of the reason why and the motives of the bad guys. You like it when, even when the bad guys are demons from a pleasure dimension who are taking you (laughs) to the next level of pleasure through (laughs) intense torture. You like that. You can deal with that. But when Leatherface just shows up and there's no real reason. Strongly agree. It's it's just senseless killing. You told me Michael Myers was the best bad guy ever, and maybe that's why you're right. I look to be honest. It's been a long night. Um, Shouldn't I have say left a you. lot of things. I don't think. Oh, look, I mean, he's considered one of the best ever. Okay. I he's definitely not my fave, but I do think it's funny that you love it when you know the motives of the killer because you are gonna hate the next episode. Uh... Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's... What's up?